Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. This is out of Galatians. And we are going to be doing Acts 14 and 15. But I want to I take them as a whole in time with Galatians because of a big picture. There's a big picture we need to see here. Paul has th thought of at times as harsh. Um, and at times he speaks pretty like in your face. But I want us to, to really understand what would motivate him. Like why does he get so passionate? And Galatians <clears throat> has a lot to do with understanding that we are really free, you know, for freedom, we are free in Christ. And difficult things that happen, people are making fun of him, different things are going on. He's actually being slandered. And at the very close of Galatians, he says, from now on, no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the brand marks of Jesus Christ. So he says, I bear the marks, but actually it's the term for a brand mark, like when you marked, like nowadays we brand caps, you know, but he's talking about scars. He's saying, don't bother me because I've got scars for what I believe. Okay. So I just want to go over this whole idea. Pharisee converts, I'm talking about Pharisees that come to Jesus. Pharisee converts misunderstood and attacked the message of the gospel and were preaching and trying to get the whole church to recognize that you must keep the Jewish law. When Gentiles get saved, and again, the, the word for Gentile is actually ethne or ethnoe, is where you get ethnic groups from. So when the Bible says Gentiles, just have it think, sometimes it also can be translated nations or nationalities. So when they say Gentiles, they mean all the nationalities that aren't Jewish. And that's important because it's a big deal of they think they have to be circumcised. But they went beyond that. They would claim that Paul was deceiving people, that they actually referred to Paul even at times almost cowardly, saying, well, he's a coward, he's just fierce humans, and he's chasing popularity. He's, he's deceiving you, he's conning you. And that's why Paul writes Galatians, and actually he writes about it in other Gospels. So again, why am I bringing up even Galatians when we're doing Acts? I'm glad you asked, and we'll get there. Paul, an apostle sent from, not sent from man or by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. So he's writing to all the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished. Okay? Basically, he's almost saying like this is like he is saying it's like fully shocked. He's using a word that says, look, you're like you're totally shocking me here. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and returning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. 
as we have already said, so I now say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Okay, why, why this letter to Galatia? And, it ties, and why bring it up now in Acts? Good question. So here's a map. Uh, mostly it's a map of present-day Turkey. Uh, the only part on that map that isn't present-day Turkey is uh, Cyprus. Um, although even though Cyprus is a nation, currently Turkey occupies the northern, the northern section of Cyprus. It's actually a, a bit of controversy going on right now with them in Greece. Also because those islands to the west, the southwest, the far left corner, those islands are Greek islands. And there's like, even this last week, there's been threat of hostilities over this. Um, I just think that's information that's interesting. I'm not really tied to this. But, so basically, this is all Turkey. Uh, even Antioch, Syria. At the time of Paul, Antioch, Syria was a big deal city. It was the capital of Syria. Rome used it as a main place, main thoroughfare, major city. But now it's Antakya in Turkey. Okay, just get a feel for the map. It says there Galatia, that shaded area. <clears throat> really interesting history on why it's called Galatia. We'll go into all of it. But 300 years before Acts, people from Gaul invaded and took up residency in that part of what is now Turkey. And so it's called Galatia, after the Gauls. <clears throat> the part that's important to us is it will help in understanding Acts that we, they use multiple names for the same area. Um, kind of like my, my wife was born on, well not born, she was born in Arcata, but she was raised on Liscombe Hill. So people that live in Blue Lake or near Liscombe Hill, she would say, I was raised on Liscombe Hill, because they know where it is. People that are near it, she would say, I was raised in the Blue Lake area. People out of the area, we wouldn't say from Blue Lake, we'd say from Humboldt County, or might even say the Eureka area. Same kind of things go on. For example, later on, we read later in Paul, he'll refer to wanting to go into Asia and God holding him. It helps to know, he's not talking about Asia, the continent like we think of. Asia was the area in Western Turkey. At that time, it was just referred to Asia. Um, there's other words, Phrygia. Phrygia refers to an area that both is in Asia, but also Galatia. Um, these aren't like hard, fast lines, like there will be a solid borders between our states, okay? So the whole, the whole intent I'm saying is, there were times he'll say Phrygia or Galatia, it's still these areas in Turkey. And when he refers to Asia, he's referring to the western part of Turkey where Ephesus is. Clear enough? Good. So I want to zoom in just to these towns. So these towns are in Galatia. And I'm referring to the, the upper towns, upper left, Pisidian Antioch. So Fran yesterday spoke on Acts 13. And most Acts 13, well, Acts 13 included Salamis and Paphos too, because it's when Paul left Antioch, Syria, went to Cyprus. Uh, Salamis, I'm not even sure if there is, a, I don't think there is a town called Salamis anymore. But the area it's in, that's actually in Turkey-occupied Cyprus now. Paphos is still there. And then he goes up to Pamphylia, and then we go to Pisidian, Poseidon, I'll just say Antioch. Because <laughs> the town's actually called Antioch, we refer to it as Antioch, Antioch and Pisidia, so it's not confused with Antioch and Syria. And then today we're going to talk about Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. But all four of these cities are in Galatia, 
And when he writes the letters to Galatians, he's writing to the churches in these four cities and then a few other churches that may have been spawned out of these churches. Make sense? So that's why it's all about Galatia. So, in Acts 14, he goes to Iconium. And when he goes there, the people embrace the good news and others stir up trouble. So basically, just like in Antioch, just like in Poseidon, like Fran talked last week, people hear the good news, they're excited, it's going great. And then people stir up trouble, specifically Jews, but more than Jews. Well, especially in Antioch, there were more than Jews, but it was religious people stirring up trouble. Um, there are a lot of miracles. All of the, they're used to miracles, but as their lives get threatened, so they flee from, I, I'm sorry, they leave Iconium and go down to Lystra, about 25 miles away. They preach the good news, and Lystra's a smaller town, but they preach the good news, and a man who is lame from birth gets healed. And the whole town notices it. Not that big of a town, and he was lame from birth. So they notice a big deal happened. So now they're not just hearing the good news. They, they're going wild. They're losing their minds over this. Hey, Zeus and Hermes have visited us. Remember, these are secular towns. Okay, these are, these are Gentile towns. So now they're thinking, oh, there's Zeus and Hermes. Barnabas is Zeus. Paul, because he does all the talking, must be Hermes. Because Hermes was the god of speaking and eloquence. Um, and also the messenger. And they have to fight to keep them from worshiping them. So they go from thinking they're gods to soon after, Jews from Antioch, Pisidia, and from Iconium, they come down and stir up trouble, and they go from thinking they're gods to thinking they should kill them. And so they stone them. And they stone them until they think Saul is dead. So they think Saul, or actually he's one by Paul now, because he wants to use his Greek name because he's reaching out to Greeks. That's, that's why Saul goes by Paul when it's the latter half, is Saul is a Jewish name, He's reaching out to the Gentiles, so he goes by his Gentile name. The, okay. They think he's dead. They drag him out to city for his body to be, I guess, taken off by wild animals. They don't even bury him. Uh, the brothers gather around him, and I don't think it's a stretch to say they were praying, because they didn't, get, they didn't go out there to bury him. They gather around him, and they're praying, and I don't think he died because it says they supposed or they thought he was dead. But he was definitely hurt a lot. Definitely knocked out. Definitely really hit by, and he's hit by big rocks. He gets up and he walks in. So there's a major healing that happens. So he can go back. But I want us to remember, he got stoned bad enough to think he was dead. Because remember, this is the Paul who said, don't trouble me over this anymore. I have scars from this. And he's writing that to the Galatian churches, of which is Lystra, saying, look, you know what's happened to me. I've got the scars. Okay, but because of all the trouble, they move on. So they move farther east to Derby. At Derby, lots of disciples come to Jesus. It's great. And then after staying there a while, they decide to circle back. And this shows a heart of love because I should have showed it on the map. But Derby isn't that far from Tarsus. And then Tarsus isn't that far from Antioch where they came from. So the shortest route would have been then just to head east and then slightly south. But instead, they go back the long way. They go through all these towns. Um, Turkey has a lot of mountains. So when they do these walks, these, these are not small little walks. Um, going, from, going from Antioch 
in Pisidia to Iconium is 90 miles. So they're, they're walking a ways. But they, they want to go back because they want to encourage all the brothers. So Acts near the close says this in Acts 14. So they, they're circling back to all these towns and strengthening and, set, strengthening and establishing the hearts of the disciples, encouraging them to remain firm in the faith, saying, it is through many tribulations and hardships that we must enter the kingdom of God. And he's modeling this. Make sense? And then they go back to Antioch after circling back, and they stay there a while. <clears throat> the bigger picture I want, I want us to look at is in 13 and 14, we see Paul compelled by love. He is compelled by love, and, he, and Barnabas as well, and they want to reach these people with the gospel. These people are important to them, and they want to preach truth. And it's love that gives them the passion and the drive. Because they get persecuted. They paid a price for this. They're willing to not be popular. That's why it's so crazy. Like Paul says, this is nuts that I have to defend myself to you guys. Because you guys should know. He also did this in Corinthians. Is, what do you mean? Why would I have to defend myself? These, these bozos, all right, he didn't say bozos. But <laughs> these people came in, and they're slandering me. And you know how I was with you. Like they're saying, I'm calling you to get great gain. Hey, I worked, so I never took money from you. Why are you listening to these guys? Why are you being foolish? <clears throat> By the time we get to chapter 15, they've been in Antioch, Syria for a while. Quite a long while, probably years. Um, in, in Galatians 1, so I, I hold the belief, scholars have a bit of a division, but I think with most scholars, the letter to Galatia was written during this time while he's in Antioch, Syria, I'm sorry, yeah, in Antioch in Syria. Um, part of it is because he refers to a big meeting in Jerusalem, but I don't think it's the meeting that we're gonna talk about later in Acts 15, because when he writes the letter to Galatia, to all the Galatian churches, he would have used the letter that they refer to in his argument. So I, I think the letter to Galatia came near this time of, of the period. It's important to know because it lets you know that in all these years, Paul probably also went to Jerusalem and had a meeting just with Peter and James and a few apostles and made sure they were on the same page. Also during this time, Peter shows up in Antioch. We get this out of Galatians, not in Acts. Acts doesn't talk about this. Peter shows up in Antioch and hangs out with the Antioch Gentiles. Things are golden. He's eating with them. Great fellowship. Believers come from Jerusalem and Peter pulls back. Because the people from Jerusalem, they're, they're the Jewish Christians. You know, in a way, they didn't even think of themselves, no, well, they're, we're the real Christians because we understand what this is really about. And Peter quits eating with them. Even Barnabas, he said, even Barnabas fell prey to this. And Paul, which is why his reputation is pretty intense, he gets in Peter's face. I mean, he gets right in his face and in front of everybody says, what is wrong with you, dude? You know we're saved by grace. You know the law is nothing. You know better than this. And now you're pulling back. This, this, is, this cannot be. He confronts them in a group. He doesn't do it quietly. Why? Because he has a passion for Gentile believers. And when Peter pulls back, he knows that is telling all the Gentiles you're second class. Right. It's telling all them, like, whoa, the Jews are really elite and we're just second class people. And he's saying, I'm having none of this. Because, I mean, this is getting to my conclusion early, but I'll say it. Um, not meaning I'm stopping early, don't get hopeful. Um, <laughs> but 
Paul sees that God out of every ethnic group, this is a lot, this is like a lot of what Ephesians is all about. And he says it in Colossians 2, out of every ethnic group, God is making a new people, a new creature, and their unity and their love is supposed to be outstanding. It is supposed to be the glory of God. You know, they'll know we're Christians by our love. Jesus said, make them one so that the world will know you sent me, Father. That, that Paul sees this and he knows it's real and he knows this is not a little thing we can let go of what Peter's doing. Make sense? So all that, all that went on. And he writes the letter because we find out people, the Galatians are hearing from not just Jews that attacked Paul, but he's saying, wait a minute, Jews that now claim to me my brother are going back to these towns in Galatia and messing the whole thing all up. Because it was bad enough I was getting stoned by the Jews that are anti-Christ. I now have people that claim their brothers messing it up. So now we get to this one. This is, uh, this is uh, verse 1 and 2. Some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised in accordance with the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas disagreed greatly. Okay, the literal for that, it says, uh, the Greek is, it was a big commotion, not a small one. Okay, and it's important you have to understand that the terms they use, because I've heard people like even talk about, oh, they didn't have a little disagreement, like the disciples didn't even have a little disagreement among themselves. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, no, they had a disagreement. It wasn't little. <clears throat> and they debated with them. So it was determined Paul and Barnabas and some of the others from their group would go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders and confer with them concerning the issue. So what they're saying now is, we kind of know, especially the churches away from Jerusalem, what God's doing. They're saying, wait, we need this public. We need to go back to Jerusalem and make sure we're really on the same page here. And so they go to Jerusalem and on the way. So basically Antioch uh, at that time was in Syria, but they had to go south through Lebanon and then through Galilee and then through Samaria to get to Jerusalem. So as they're going through the areas of like Galilee and Samaria, Paul's talking about all the wonderful things that God's been doing every place they stop to visit. And people everywhere they go are excited. They're embracing going, this is awesome that all the nations are coming to Jesus. And I'm not saying nations as a whole, but I mean people from every ethnic group. Oh, why did I stop there? Okay, good. But the Pharisees at the same time are saying, yeah, but these Gentiles, they got to be circumcised and obey the law. It's great these miracles are happening, but we got to remember, they got to become Jewish. They got to adapt to our culture to get saved. And so this led to the big confab of the elders and the apostles, and then Peter's great speech that happens in verse says 7 to 11 and 15. So we're going to do, we're going to actually look at the speech. After there'd been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that my, by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Okay, just a way I think I observe this. I sometimes feel like I see a lot of little rivalry. Like the apostles were humans. Jerusalem was the big deal thing to the Jewish church. Now, the big deal seems to be happening in Antioch. Because more and more we see in Acts... Antioch ends up the center that is driving the force and all this stuff. It's awesome to hear these stories of Barnabas and Paul, but I think somewhat Peter and James were like, yeah, yeah, but let's not forget that, that God's with us too. So I'm, I'm just saying a little humanity shows up. <clears throat> 
So God made a choice by the mouth of Gentiles. You know, he would hear the word of the gospel leave. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. Remember, we covered that a few chapters back. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are we putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear, but we believe that we will be saved through grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will? Paul had that heavy confrontation with Peter. To Peter's credit, he received it. Because look at what Peter's saying now. The old Peter wouldn't have said this. We will be saved through the grace of our Lord Jesus just as they will. So he's saying, not only are we not going to put the burden on them, but let's face facts. Our circumcision and our following the laws isn't doing us any good either. And he's not saying we have to go and act just like Gentiles, but he's saying, you know, we're saved by the same grace they are. <clears throat> Okay, after that, we get more story time. Barnabas and Paul, you know, talk more about all these awesome things that happened. They talk quite a while. And then after they're done telling all the stories of what they've learned while going through Galatia and other places, James says, brothers, listen to me. Simon has related before how God visits to be obtaining out of the nations a people for his name. Okay, I know that's really hard to read because I, I, this is transliteral. That's why it's in yellow. It sounds weird, but it's God visits to be obtaining out of the nations of people for his name. I think literal is really powerful. Because he's saying he wants to obtain a people for his name out of all the nations. And with this, this the words of the prophet agree, just as it is written, he's referring to Amos now. After this I will return, and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it. And the rest of the humans, because that's the literal Greek, the rest of the humans may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name. The literal there. All the ethne, or ethnicities, over whom my name is invoked. So he's really saying, Jew or Greek just does not flip and matter at all. And this is powerful because this is from James. This is from the Apostle James. He's, he's been killed years ago. This is, we most think this is James, the brother of Jesus. Which is amazing because the brothers at first didn't, didn't go with Jesus, if you recall. I mean, that's also a powerful testimony. If, when your younger brother believes in you, that's, that's pretty powerful. <laughs> but I won't get into sibling things right now. But, but he says, says the Lord who makes these things known from old. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the nations who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols, from sexual morality, and from what has been strangled, and from the blood. For from ancient generations, Moses had in every city, sorry, I left out the word read. Moses has been read in every city, those who proclaim him. He has read every Sabbath in the synagogues. Okay, why that weird sentence at the end? He's saying we're saved by grace. Then he's saying, write a letter, but we are going to ask these three things. The reason they're asking these three things is they're writing to towns that have synagogues in them. And what he's saying is you have freedom in Christ, but we're actually asking for some compromise here. The whole thing about not eating food sacrificed to idols, we know from Romans 
Paul says, an idol isn't anything. I don't care where meat comes from. Jesus said, the food that goes in you doesn't pollute you, it's what comes out of you. And of these three things, only one of them is referring to what comes out of you, and that's the sexual morality. So the sexual morality is a different thing, but the things about eating the food and the blood, he's really saying, let's be courteous. And that's what Paul even confirms in Romans. He says, look, I know idols are nothing, but if it's going to bother the brothers, if I eat meat from the sacrifice to an idol, I'll gladly give up meat totally. I'll go vegan if that's what it takes. Because the kingdom of God is not about food and drink. It's about righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. So he's saying, what I'm showing here, and actually I can skip a slide now, <clears throat> but my point I'm saying, I guess, is Paul knows the freedom more than anyone. Paul goes along with this because he's saying, if you need the three things, now Paul later himself affirms the sexual morality because Jesus did too. So staying, you know, the sex, being sexually moral, that's still there. He says that about the other two things, look, I know it's no big deal, but if that will keep us from being so offensive that Jews won't come to Jesus, let's go along with it. So here's the letter they actually wrote. <clears throat> so they send the letter back to them. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and have troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, that's huge, because this is a letter and I guess maybe I should put in the intro, but this is from the apostles and the elders, including the Pharisees that have come to Jesus. So they've said this is a one accord that we're all agreeing now on. To choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus. Can you help me, Jared? Thanks. We therefore sent Judas, there's also where we get Jude, so Jude's, well, he's in the other room now, but awesome name, Jude. We sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by the word of their mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burdens than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, from blood, and from what has been, sorry, what has been sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and what has been strangled, and from sexual morality. If you keep yourself from these, you will do well. Farewell. <clears throat> so he's saying, you don't have to get clipped, guys. Which, at least to me, I would think that would be a big guy to an adult male. But um, they, they basically have said, we're all agreed on this. And this is why I think the letter to Galatians wasn't written after this. Because Paul would have referred to this letter saying, look, we already all agreed on this. And again, this was even a compromise on two of them. Paul, Paul is compromising saying it's okay to bring in those other two things because I don't want to offend and keep Jews from coming to Jesus over this. <coughs> What's the point? The point is the reason Paul gets passion, the reason Paul gets in Peter's face, the reason Paul writes so much about this is God is all about a new creation, a multi-ethnic people of God who walk in the spirit of loving God and people. In fact, when you read Ephesians, he, that is how he wants to draw people to him. He wants us to be one and love one another so well from all different parts of society. Doesn't care about class. Doesn't care about any of that stuff. Doesn't care about almost anything except us getting to be one so that other people would want to join us. And actually, it's even beyond people. He actually says in Ephesians, 
all the principalities and powers and all the demons and all the things people get all woo-woo about? Yeah, I plan to brag to them about you. And I'm going to display my glory to them through you. You're going to love each other and be one so well that it's going to be thumbing my nose at them. Okay, he doesn't say thumbing nose. But anyway, you get the idea. <clears throat> so Galatians 5 and 6. And I guess the reason I'm talking about Galatians so much is Galatians is written into these same churches we've been reading about. It's, it's tied together. For in Christ neither circumcision is availing anything nor uncircumcision, but faith operating through love. I like this other version says, the only thing that counts is faith through love, through love being enacted. So expressions, love is expressions of faith is what it's all about. Not about what you eat or drink. Not about whether or not you get clipped or wear your hair a certain way. Not about anything to do with culture. So God's intention and our identity is can be, it's actually at odds with, it's in a contradiction with pride and distraction of culture. If we let someone else's culture and we let our pride in the way, it will mess up the whole thing. And that's why this was so important. That's why this part of Acts is important. Because that's what Paul was really upset by. He wasn't just upset that Jews were fighting the gospel. Guys that were supposed to be his brother were making a mess of things because they were letting things get religious. And Paul is really pretty strongly, adamantly not religious. Um, what he does, the way he actually phrases it in Galatians once is he says, you guys used to worship idols and do all kinds of off the wall things. If you let these guys circumcise you and lead you into Judaism, it's the same as you going back to paganism. That's a, that's a pretty strong statement. So I wanted to close with just reading this verse. So not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be good circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world's been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything what counts as a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule. He's kind of doing a play on words. Do you want to be about rules? Well, peace and mercy who follow this rule. Nothing counts but a new creation. <clears throat> to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. This grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Paul has an edge in this closing. And I, and I love gentleness. It's all part of love. There are times it's okay to have a freaking edge. It is okay at times to have an edge of saying, no, this is worth being passionate about. It is the time to say, look, dude, I got credibility. That's what he tells the Corinth church. These guys are slamming me. I got credibility. My back has scars on them. What does their back look like? There's a time Paul says, it's okay to have an edge. I've walked the walk. I've lived the talk. Paul can boldly write to Timothy and to others, you follow me the way I follow Jesus. He's not saying imitate what I do. He's saying, look at me. I found out from Jesus what to do, and I did it. You do the same thing. You find out from Jesus what you're to do when you do it. And yeah, I can model that for you. And I, I, just, I guess what I get in this whole story is from this book of Acts, there's a place for passion, and there's a place to have an edge of say, you know what? And we read earlier, like, bigger, bigger ground than this is shaken. Yeah, the enemy's shaking things. Don't frickin' care. My, my God can shake things way bigger than he can. And we, it's okay to have an edge of saying, I'm walking with Jesus, and I know what he's saying, and I'm going for it. Okay? Thanks. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, 
please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.